You are currently listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith, an encouraging, light-hearted and uplifting podcast to inspire you on this journey called life. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Opening Up with Rachel Smith. On this week's episode, I will be speaking to Emily Green about all things mental health. Emily works in a mental health clinic in Ontario, Canada, and she has very kindly agreed to come on and just share an insight into her job, what she does, what she's learned, her personal experience with therapy, and just help try and break those stigmas around certain people can only struggle with mental health and the types of people that she sees in the clinic and the different types of therapy that her clinic personally offers in the hope that it shows you just what's out there and that there are so many ways that you can get help if you need it. There's so much to get through on this episode so let's jump right in. Hi Emily, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Oh I'm so excited to be invited and I can't wait to speak. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about mental health. I think, I know we've spoken about it on Instagram personally, but I think it's good to bring it to the listeners and to just help people know that they're not alone. And obviously, I know that you have a bit of a background in kind of mental health industry. Um, so just quickly tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your journey to finding me, really. Yeah, of course. So my name is Emily and I'm 23 and I work on the administrative team at a private mental health clinic in Ontario, Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of my job is like uh, fielding calls for new patients. So then I, when people call in wanting mental health services, um, I'm the one that they would speak to or anyone else on their team. Mm -hmm. And I would listen to their story, kind of see what they're looking for and determine who I feel would be the best fit for them personally Mm -hmm. and then I also sometimes we get crisis calls so I have to deal with people calling in mental health crisis um yeah there's a lot around the job but it's uh Mm. it's but you've been extremely busy during this pandemic right yes so with the first lockdown we weren't allowed to stay open just because they kept all the uh public government funded ones Mm-hmm. running but the private ones they closed right. and basically everyone just flooded the government free programs and they were unable to keep up with everyone calling so then they're just like oh, okay we need to reopen the private clinics yeah because they couldn't handle the demand and even with uh we've had another lockdown just the past march and we had another huge influx of kids um, especially, yeah, kids are just, they're not doing of, well. All what kind of age children are we talking? Like all ages or? Oh yeah, from like four to teenagers. Wow. So it yeah. just shows the health doesn't just affect adults or older people, like it even affects children too. Oh, especially. I think that's coming more into the light as soon as uh, like online learning was introduced and it just... Mm-hmm. If you're either that's not how you learn or you have a learning disability or you're in a bad home environment, then that's just going to create more stress on the child. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's easier for us as adults to adapt to situations like this, whereas for children, they don't really understand what's going on. Like, yes, we can talk to them, but in terms of them being able to process their emotions, they probably struggle with that. Oh, completely. Yeah, I completely agree. So why do you think mental health is so important to discuss openly or just with friends and family, not necessarily on a public platform like this? 
Well, like we just mentioned, because it affects everyone from literally seniors uh, all the way down to toddlers, like we mm-hmm. even have parents calling for like, oh, my two-year-old is showing signs and then, wow. yeah, it's like, how do I support them? This. How does a two-year-old show signs of kind of a mental health issue? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's usually they say it's like um, unable to manage emotions, like tons of outbursts or anything that their parent would seem was like irregular from their normal Mm -hmm. day-to-day behavior. Yeah. Um, And usually we do advise that that is a little young to A, make a diagnosis or Mm -hmm. B, um, truly find out what's wrong, especially if they're not verbal yet. Like that's a huge part of the peace so they yeah. usually would suggest family counseling to support the parents to help with the whole situation because it's usually something is going on at home it may not be right like, specifically on the toddler themselves that makes sense and like you said just being so young it could just be a, a phase that they're going through you know obviously toddlers as they're growing up go through different phases that's why I was really curious as to how a parent might think to reach out to like a mental health clinic and you know start that process just so early right and usually yeah it's it's kind of like it's usually I would say the symptoms are more on the parents Mm -hmm. that they're maybe overseeing something in the child or there is something definitely showing that's not normal on a day-to-day basis but most professionals like they won't see kids that are under four just because you want the verbal piece yeah then they'll just offer support for the parents because that's the best thing you can do right now for them at that age and then Mm -hmm. you're just helping the whole home dynamic and especially I guess I mean I'm not professional so please don't quote me on this but I'm sure at that age it's a lot of taught behaviors from their parents so maybe it's actually the parent who has kind of a mental health issue as opposed to the child but they're just a reflection of them and they may not be in the right mental state to see that Right. It's the it's like the whole monkey see, monkey do. Like there was even that one I'm thinking that commercial that was like I think in the nineties or whatever, but it was like parents smoking and the kid was like following behind smoking or oh, like parent was beating yeah, like um physically abusing the mom, like uh-huh. the kid was doing it as well because that's the behavior that they're like this is all like the developmental ages. So right. obviously like it's very key moments in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, most of it is probably learned behavior at home. Do you speak openly about your feelings and emotions with those closest to you? Or um, if you're comfortable, if you go to a therapist, are you happy to talk about that? Just kind of watch your situation on it. Yeah, so I'm starting to be more open. Uh, my job has definitely helped me break through that barrier with um, the team that we have. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I personally experienced like trauma and grief when I was in my teenage years. And it really, really shook me. Like I started experiencing anxiety and depression and even suicidal thoughts. And I did have like two attempted attempts of suicide. And my parents tried their best to support me. But because, and this is like a really key thing, because they could not relate because they hadn't experienced what I was feeling, they couldn't Mm -hmm. help. Mm-hmm. But at least they knew enough to listen and they would listen to me rant and cry and scream. <laughs> and uh, they were supposed they- to be able to do that because I know there's some people listening who don't feel like their parents would be supportive or maybe they don't have the parents or the role models who are in a situation to sit down and help them. 
Right. Um, and that is, that's so true. And I'm very thankful that they were able to just do that. And then they knew enough to say, well, we can't help you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you speak to a professional? Yeah. And I did. And that was, that was great. And it worked for a period of time. And then I met my husband and he's been like, so far I'd say he was the best. And even though I know he doesn't experience what I feel, he's been mm-hmm. the best of like, he can sense when I'm not having a good day. And and that's so important in your life. Yeah. Get me in that safe space where I can feel like I can talk, I can like mm-hmm. relax, like take off that emotional knapsack and yeah. just breathe. Um, but yeah, and even now, like I see a therapist at my clinic and okay. I love her. And I think this is the first one that I felt a true connection with. Like, oh, okay. Like it's like, this. it's like do talking you to a friend. That, exactly. Do you find that that connection definitely helps you in terms of opening up and sharing more about what's going on as opposed to maybe, cause I, I know friends personally who do go to therapists, but they always tell me that they're not very comfortable with their therapist. So they almost shield that emotion when they go to the therapist, which for me kind of defeats the point of going because you're going to open up and to break down whatever it is that's going on inside. And if you're not comfortable, then it, it well, it's an issue really, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I hands on agree. So I have personally experienced this. I had seen two different women before I saw the woman that I see now. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I, totally felt like she was judging me and like talking down to me but my parents were paying for it at the time so I was like oh I'll keep going because you know they want me to go and like this is my support option right now but I ended up like almost resenting her because I didn't feel that connection and you're true I didn't feel the truth more stress and anxiety inside of you right yeah because I'm like what can I share today that's like I'm not gonna get (laughs) judged or (laughs) (laughs) talking down to which is definitely not how it's supposed to go no and um with the one I see now it feels like I'm just sitting down having a coffee with a friend and I can talk and um it's more I and this is also what works different people like different types of therapy so some may Mm -hmm. prefer like holistic some may prefer like CBT some may prefer like equine which is outside forces um, and some just prefer, like, I just want to talk and chat with someone that's like a non-biased person. They're like mm-hmm. that, that safe space. And that person can give you suggestions. This is what we're going to do. But like, are you comfortable with it? And I realize that that's the type that I need personally. I just yeah. need someone. That's I'm very similar to, like, to you. I, yeah. I personally don't go to a therapist, but I have that one friend who is almost my therapist in a way. Um, and a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know that I can pick up the phone and I can just kind of lay it all out and one of the first things we say to each other is how do you want me to respond do you just want me to sit and listen do you want me to give you advice or you know do you want me to give you the truth you know the truth the harsh reality and I think that's something for me just being able to have that person and that outlet to be able to share those emotions and like you said before just just take the weight off a little bit yeah that's completely what you need because if you don't have someone like that. So that's why even if you um, don't have access to a therapist, you can afford to pay for a therapist, depending on what your healthcare system is like. If you have a friend or a family member, you need one like that, that's not going to judge and is going to either a listen. Okay. Like you said, do you need me to 
like uh, comfort you? Do you need advice? Yeah. And that's what you need because it's when you get people that just, oh, well, like it's not that bad or look on the bright side or like say things like that. <laughs> and you're just like, you're making it worse for that person and you're even discouraging them from speaking again. And you're totally diminishing what is going on for them. Like nobody knows what's going on inside somebody's head or inside somebody's heart. And for somebody to sit there and you know, it's, it goes back to this idea of, oh, well, kind of they're on Instagram or they're still going visiting friends. It's like, yes, but sometimes that's a good mask. And sometimes it's okay to just fake a smile um, just to make yourself feel better for a couple hours and while you're still figuring things out. Right. I completely agree. Do you think kind of mental health is publicized enough on social media and the news outlets, those kind of things? Do you, do you think there's enough talk about it? Do you... I know for me personally, I've definitely seen an increase over the last sort of couple years. Do you think there's still a long way to go or kind of what's your view on that? Um, that's funny because I took this question a little bit differently. Um, oh. I, I'll do both. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, I know there is more talk. I would say, especially I've noticed within the past five years. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed maybe like in society and social media, we're going more towards the self-care. And I did a post about this earlier on, I think Monday, and I shook a few people's feathers, but that's okay. But it's more the, uh, <laughs> the take a bubble bath, buy yourself a coffee. It's going to be okay. Put on a face mask. That's great. But some people can't take a shower. Some people can't brush their right. teeth. Some people can't get out of bed. And to say, oh, just have a bath and self-care and you'll be okay. Well, that doesn't work for severe trauma. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's And that's only like, a very short-term fix as well. You yeah. know, just like a quick fix of pleasure almost. Yeah. And then I would hate for someone who's like clinically severely depressed or suicidal and they're going to take a bath and they're like, okay, like this is nice, but I still feel this way. Right. So is it something wrong with me that the bath didn't work or it's just, I think no, we, it's just a bath is never a, as much as a bath kind of relaxes people. It's never going to cure clinical depression or no. trauma that is going on in your heart. Please. Let's just clear that up right now. Yeah. And it, I think that's what infuriates me is that I see stuff like that, or I see influencers that are like, Oh, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make this a series, not a series, but like, you see some people doing like Mental Health Monday, but it's not okay. for the benefit of other people. It's just for the right. benefit of views and content. And that, mm -hmm. like, what's the point then? Right, that's because so true. If it's, if it's not genuine and it's not you wanting to help other people and it's just, and look also, at me, like I took a bath. Yeah, exactly. And also have they, I'm sure everybody at some point has had, you know, a mental issue, you know, surrounding a certain topic. But like you were just saying about influencers for the doing it for the views, like, are they in that moment going through a situation that is giving information to people to help them? Or is it um, just them trying to, like you said, get the views, get, get the clicks? Because I've noticed I can really tell on people's Instagrams, especially if they're happy, if they're sad you can tell in the way that they word it and what they're saying. And sometimes like you were just saying in terms of the bath and things, you have to be so careful that first of all, who you follow, but also the advice that they're giving to you because they're not trained professionals. We're not trained professionals, but at the end of the day, 
what I'm trying to do, kind of speaking to you who's in this environment every day is bring a bit more truth and reality to it. Yeah, which is amazing. I think it's, I think we do, we think of influencers and celebrities as like almost the same as professionals when it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not true. And then no, even like there's been some fact sharing that I've seen too, that's just like inaccurate. And it's, it infuriates me because I'm like, this is also false information <laughs> that you're sharing. Maybe it is like they don't know and they're doing it from the goodness of their heart, but mm-hmm. you should still probably fact check if it's especially about or trauma or you know suicide then self-harm like that's all very serious things that should Mm -hmm. be correct information if you're trying to share to get other people help exactly so in terms of kind of social influences let's say how do you think they can go about sharing more information or what do you think they could do slightly differently as opposed to the quick click posts yeah I would maybe say research if they can or if they want to take the time to or Mm -hmm. Um, share local resources in their area because that's always good. And you know, that's a genuine source like the local helpline, um, any local free programs, or just encouraging people to to speak to someone they trust. That's always really easy and really safe. Yeah. Um, just not the one size fits all mental health. Like the bath will work for you or treating yourself to your favorite thing or things like that. It's just like, we seem to think like even self-care could be like a blanket thing that Mm -hmm. can work for some, but probably not for all. Right. Um, And also depends like, cause some people, like I said, if you can't even get out of bed, there's no way you're making it to the bath. Exactly. I know I'm like, people probably think she hates baths because that's what she talks about. <laughs> How many times does she want to mention bath in this podcast? Yeah, I'm bath like six more times and I'll feel better. Well, I personally love baths, but I don't do it for my mental state. I do it just because I enjoy baths. Like Same. if I'm having like a bad time mentally, like I wouldn't necessarily think to get in the bath because that's just not something that would work for me. Right. I would only go in the bath for like relaxation or sore muscles like that's exactly. usually and in the winter when I'm freezing cold I just want to warm <laughs> up like quickly the in the bath off. <laughs> yeah and I was also gonna say that um when I read like publicized I'm thinking of like the public versus private healthcare system mm-hmm. which um because I mentioned my boss is from Sussex she explained that England's healthcare system is like two-tiered which is kind of better than what works for ours here because it seems everyone is flooding the free programs and the people who can pay or have benefits that should be using that for privatized healthcare Mm -hmm. are just using up the free resources first and then now like in our in where I live it's a year wait list to get help because everyone is like and I know that people have lost their jobs this year and loss of income a lot of people very hard um but there's still people that are going to the free resources that they're like oh well we have benefits it's like well you should or they should be screening that the free programs that like is this really the right program for you because there's so many more people that could readily access that program and we could like free up the wait times so that's kind of um in terms of our healthcare we have I think you guys have obviously you just mentioned the free health care we have the NHS and um, so naturally people just flood that because private health care is expensive you know it's especially when it comes to therapy you know it, it does mount up the cost trying to um, to see a therapist especially if it's a weekly thing and also in terms of the level of trauma you know 
some people may only need a few sessions but then others may need two years worth and obviously if you go private it it does mount up but at the same time with the the free version it's a lot harder to switch and change if you're not comfortable with the person that you ultimately end up with as we were saying before I just want to kind of go back to you something that you briefly mentioned before um obviously working in the mental health clinic you see the people that are coming in and out of the the surgery or the clinic every day like what is your view on the types of people is there a or well we all know there isn't a, a blanket of you know 30 to 40 year olds that come in you know kind of talk us through the people that are coming through the doors oh yeah it's like that also the everyone needing therapy is like sad and miserable like that's yeah, totally right? no not, not the case <laughs> um and we have like literally from like four and like the cutest kids like honestly the happiest sweetest kids so like teenagers um like people my age in their 20s mm-hmm. um full-grown adults and even like seniors and they're like 75 years old coming in and wanting to work wow. through that trauma or memory issues or whatever it is and just um people of different genders different ethnicities um it's so true like mental health can affect anyone like there's no oh well they've been through this in their life so that means that they're going to have mental health issue i know one of my friends who's in her late 30s now she for a long time she has put off trying to deal with this trauma that she's carried from a child and now she's trying to kind of work her way through that but it's took her up until she's nearly 40 to build up the courage to to get some help and but then at the same time I'm kind of in my late 20s and there's a lot of things that I've already dealt with and been through that I've chosen to do at this age it it really just depends where everybody is on their journey and also circumstances in life maybe people are trapped somewhere they don't want to be or maybe they're just not strong enough to come out and say I need help like there's so many kind of ways around it and you know like you just said the seniors that are walking through the doors you can only imagine you know some of them maybe it's a new trauma or new mental health issue or maybe it's something that they've been carrying since they were a child right and I think that's majority of the cases because a lot of the adults coming in now are like oh I'm experiencing this this and this but I really think it's because of my past or I really think it's because something I experienced as a kid and I just never dealt with it or I put it off and then now I want to deal with it now because I'm trying to start a family or I'm getting married or I'm doing these things or it's impacting my work and they're realizing that they've carried that with them because it doesn't just leave like when you experience trauma it stays in the body and then there's even a whole different science called like uh, somatic healing that basically like if you're not dealing with that trauma, it can't, it's not going to leave your brain. Like it's staying in there. And some people, it appears as chronic pain in the body. Cause you're just, right. you're carrying that with you and you didn't work through that. And that's even like, I've seen generational trauma that like grandma had it and then grandma passed it to your dad. And then your dad passed it to you because you're not working through that generational trauma. Right. And do you think talking specifically more for the older people, do you think, a lot of them are more willing to talk now because maybe they're seeing more conversation around mental health, you know, through the the media outlets and TV programs. I think so. And I think even like on a community level as well, because for us, it's also like we try to put out free blogs and free reports and Mm -hmm. try to give as much like free information as possible, even for people that couldn't pay for the privatized um, therapy. But it's also, I think, 
more people are coming out like it's especially in the teenagers um it's like oh i'm going to therapy now and like you're opening that whole world of conversation yeah and we've had like families that like when they come and they bring their say their 13 year old and their 13 year old is seeing someone and then mom is like oh they i think i'm ready can i see someone here and then mom sees someone and then dad seeing someone yeah yeah so it's kind of like once one does it then like we have had other families too where like even they're like adult kids and parents we've all touched a few of them all in the family be first for whatever their journey was with us yeah that I guess like it's kind of like oh well they tried it and it worked well for them I think also like talking about positive therapy experiences always help I hear a lot of like negative ones that I didn't connect with them so I never went back and then that can also turn people away because if they don't feel connected like we mentioned or like it's a safe space for them then they're right. most likely going to be discouraged and say well there's either something wrong with me or this like just therapy isn't right for me in general mm-hmm. and they just they close the curtain on it exactly and like you just said especially there's different types of therapy as well you know I know a teenage girl who was going through therapy and for her the only way that they could get her to talk and open up was for to take her out for lunch as opposed to taking her to an office so the therapist actually went for lunch with her once a week and that's just how she opened up and there's so many different types of therapists and especially um I'm not too sure if it's a big thing over here. It's not necessarily a big thing over here, but I do know it's possible that, and this is totally downplaying their role, but almost like a portable therapist, like they'll come to your house as opposed to you having to go to a clinic. Oh, I don't think we have that here just yet. It's definitely not popular. I mean, I've heard about it. I don't know if it's a big thing or not, but I've definitely heard about it. And for me, if I was going to do therapy, that would be, as long as I got on with the person I think that would be something that would be so helpful for me because you're in the comfort of your own home and you're more likely to kind of open up and share those things that have gone on well I know there's apps now too that you can subscribe to or like uh, I think BetterHelp is one of them I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. a free one or not but then you can do it like through uh, FaceTime or whatever and you can be at home and you can be comfortable and then that's why we also offer online therapy because some people don't want to leave the comfort of their home or especially right now with the pandemic, they don't feel safe right. going outside. So then they can feel comforted being inside and still getting the treatment that they need. And even like we have so many kids coming in and they, um, I would say primarily have like ADHD and they don't do well in an office. That's just like the simple yeah. fact of it is. So now that we offer equine therapy outside with miniature horses, so many parents have been calling like yes this is what I need like they don't they don't like an office they don't like sitting in a chair like they Uh need to be outside and with animals and then they just they finally open up because that's the environment that they needed and in terms of kind of we've we've just touched on the different types of environments if you there was anybody listening who was thinking about reaching out kind of would you encourage them to do so like what would your advice be in terms of taking that first step yeah I would uh like do you mean just reaching out to anyone or um anyone or therapist let's talk professionally obviously because that's kind of the industry you're in if somebody's looking to seek professional help what advice would you give to, to them and kind of how would you tell them to go about researching the different options available to them yeah so I would first like easy thing would be if they had um 
benefits or not. So that would mm -hmm. also help. If they did, I would try to recommend finding a professional with that qualification. Like for here, it's mainly social work or psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. So if they could find someone in that realm, um, that could help you maximize the benefits. And if not, um, and it's they have a certain budget amount that they can afford to spend, say per month, then mm -hmm. use that. But try to call, I would say bigger clinics. You can even try one-on-one. -on -one. Like in here, you could Google like therapists in my area and some of them work freelance like by themselves and they rent an office but I would if you're nervous I would recommend most of them offer a free 15 minute consult so it's kind of like a pre-meet and greet so you can see yeah. if you would get along well before booking that full appointment and it's a big chunk of money for most of the time so say you invest and you're like yeah no I didn't like this person at all they didn't connect with me um I would offer like I would suggest do the free consult, read up about them. So what do they specialize in? Do they specialize in something that you experience like eating disorders, depression, trauma, self-harming, uh, addictions, whatever it is, make sure that maybe they are in your specialty. Or for us, if you call a bigger clinic, well, we're still considered a small business, but a clinic that has multiple therapists, the reception, like my favorite part of my job is talking to people Right. And helping them pick the person. I would tell them what each therapist kind of specializes in, kind of a bit about their personality, and I would explain the cost. And I would ultimately still leave it up to them. I'm not going to be pushing and say, well, you need to see this person. I'll and I like, think that's the, the way it should be. I don't think, yeah. especially when money's involved and also people's mental health, like I don't think anything should be pushed upon them. And I think people think it's a weekly thing. And when people call, they're like, well, how often do I have to come? And I said, that's up to you. You can ask them for their professional opinion, right. but at the same, at the end of the day, it's A, your mental health journey, and B, your budget. So if you, if you say, I can only afford to come once a month, or I can come bi-weekly, tell them that, and then, then they can make the most of your sessions. That's so helpful to know, because I think a lot of people don't know that. They just see it as, I have to make this huge commitment, and yes, it is definitely a commitment, but you can stagger it to fit still around your lifestyle and your budget and whatever is right for you and talk to them if you have fears about going outside and you want to do online then say i want to do online if you want to do in person but say you don't do good in an office there's like we live near uh not we live near we work near a river um in a smaller town so there's a nice little path so we have one of our therapists he'll go and walks with his clients oh, um wow. if they don't want to stay in the office and that way they can enjoy the weather they can still chat and then they don't feel like say they're trapped in that room Right. And some, even with us, like we have fidget toys if people just want to like play with something with their hands. Like if they, they can bring a drink in the room if they want, they want to bring a coffee, like whatever makes them feel most safe. And then we also walk them through like most, like people think, oh, I have to bring something or no, like there's usually just a simple form you have to fill out, like any doctor's office. So like you're going to really... go see the doctor. It is a big deal, obviously, going to therapy, but it, I think a lot of people make it a bigger deal than it actually is. Yeah, and some are like, you can just tell they're so anxious and they want to know everything beforehand. And once they get there, you can just see like the, like, oh, they can breathe out, like, you're there, right. like, it's not as big of a deal. Like, we have a really friendly environment as well. So like, um, especially for kids, like we have a little kids area where they could color while they wait. We have like tons of books, like 
you can have a free water or juice while you wait because some people don't know what to do and then just having a drink to sip on makes them feel better like they don't know what to do with their hands yeah when I'm like a bit nervous or anxious like I have to have something in my hands at all times and if I don't I get like really sweaty (laughs) yeah and like you we see that in so many people and it's just like knowing like we try to treat everyone basically like family like you're valued you're welcome and then when people come out I always ask them like they don't need to share details, but I'm like, did you feel comfortable? Do you want to right. come again? Do you want to see someone else? Like, I don't want anyone to ever feel those like... few little questions, like, it's so important, and it can really change your experience in those situations. Yeah, and I think even more people at reception should be asking that, because yes. you don't want people, like, because they could obviously lie because they some people like they just hate saying no or they're people pleasers and they're just the hairdressers and they say do you like it and you're like yeah and then you go home and you're like I hate it yeah <laughs> what did they do to my hair <laughs> just having that conversation and being able and if they can't open up I always say like if you change your mind and you want to email me like email email reception and we'll help you that way if you don't feel comfortable talking to me right now um yeah like that's all important and that the fact that you master that it's your journey because you will probably find therapists that don't connect with you and you find are too pushy right if it's not the right dynamic then leave because don't invest all that money and all that time if you're not going to yeah. connect with that person definitely and you like don't you said, owe them anything exactly and it is such a big investment both um financially and emotionally and if it's not right you you just need to get yourself out of there and keep moving and find the next person because there will be somebody else in there. I say this all the time. There is somebody out there who can help. You just have to do maybe a bit of research or try a few different things before you find what is right for you personally. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you wish you could tell your younger self, the younger self that maybe was filled with the trauma and like you mentioned, you went to the therapist that you didn't enjoy. What is one thing you wish you could tell her? I would definitely tell myself, um, to not put so much pressure on myself and to really open up to that therapist. And if I still felt that I didn't have that connection mm-hmm. to tell my parents, cause at that point they were paying for my treatment right? and let them know that I didn't connect with her and I needed to see somebody else. And then also not to judge myself. Cause I find, especially like in my, like I was a teenager at the time. I was so hard on myself and so like, oh, like you're abnormal. Like, like this is weird that you're going to therapy and Mm -hmm. like trying to keep it a secret because I felt like everybody wanted to know my business. No, people don't want to know your business. I think we make it in our brain way more than it's supposed to be. We totally do. And I read a quote the other day that said, or I think it was a TikTok by somebody and she was like, the quicker people can understand that nobody actually cares the easier it is for you to go through life. Yes, you're going to have people who support you, but ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, if they had to choose between you or themselves, they're going to choose themselves. Right, completely true. Um, and then I would also say not, because I found, well, teenagers I find are just pretty judgy in general. Um, Absolutely. Even not to judge others. Like, I think finally getting this job has really opened my eyes to how broad that spectrum is and people are struggling on different levels and different types of trauma and things that you think only happen in tv you see them in people and just just meet them at a place with love love and respect and even if I know like I can talk to people on the phone and say yeah like 
I can relate to like the depression, the anxiety, even suicidal tendencies, but there's some things I can't, but I still respect you and I still will treat you like, yeah, like you deserve treatment just like anybody else. And I think not judging people and teaching other teenagers not to judge people, I think would just really help also just open up the conversation in general. I think that's so important. And I think even even as adults, like we're still learning to not openly judge people and to kind of put aside what maybe society has told us, especially in terms of the stigma around mental health. Like it's so easy to sit there and say these things. And like you said, we just need to meet people with love and we need to understand that their journey is not the same as ours. And we just have to kind of do what we can to help those people that we come across along our way. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so inspiring just hearing you talk about your story and everything that's gone on for you. And I think it's a really good opportunity for us just to continue to bring that conversation to the table and to break those stigmas around mental health and the types of people who um, do get sick with it. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. And just quickly before you go, do you want to tell people where they can find you and I'll put all your links and everything down below yeah sure so um yeah also thank you for having me it's been truly a pleasure and completely uh fun a good experience and I'm glad that we were able to talk about this topic and make it more known to others oh, of course and you're um, welcome anytime yeah anyone can find me on instagram at emily graceness so it's just uh, emily and then graceness Mm-hmm. I'll link it all down below so you don't need to worry too much about spellings. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's and then thing. I have some people on the podcast and they have like unusual names. I'm like, I'll link it down below. You don't need to worry about the name. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to spell it out. Um, and then, um, yeah, and if anyone ever wants to message me or talk about mental health, I'm totally more than willing to do that and even help you find local resources in your area amazing thank you so much and i hope you have a good rest of the day i know it's early morning for you over there yeah i'm just gonna get the rest of my day started (laughs) (laughs) i'm three quarters of the way through my day so you know we'll see what happens from here yeah (laughs) speak to you soon thank you bye bye how amazing is emily I'm just so thankful that she decided to come on the podcast today to share her personal story and her experiences with therapy and how that has affected her life and changed the course of what she's been doing from childhood right through to adulthood. And I know there's so many people out there listening who also struggle mentally, whether it's from something in their childhood, whether it's something more recent, or maybe you haven't realized that something is affecting your mental health right now. I just want to continue spreading the message that if you are struggling, please reach out for help. There are so many options available to you and there are so many people and places and organisations now that cover such a wide variety of topics that if you just do a little bit of research, there will definitely be somebody out there who can help you and I will put some links in the description below and also on my blog as well. So if you are struggling if you are wanting to look out for somebody to help you then please just check out the description below also as emily mentioned on the podcast please reach out to either myself or emily if you are struggling if you need any help or if you are not quite sure where to research one of us will help you we're we're more than happy to do that 
Emily's Instagram is linked down below and mine is opening up with Rachel or you can follow my personal one, Rachel Smith underscore one. We are always checking our DMs. We are always talking to people. I know I am personally. I have so many conversations with people daily about different things, not just mental health. And I just think what we should be doing is talking to each other, getting the help that we need. And even if it's a stranger that you need to speak to, to kind of take that first step, which maybe I'm a stranger to you, or maybe I'm a little bit familiar now you listen to this podcast, but please feel free to reach out. My DMs are honestly always open. But in the meantime, I hope you have a good rest of the week and until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith. I hope to see you back for future episodes so we can all continue growing and figuring this thing called life out.